Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages, a test for America, a test for the world. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? We stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny? Will we stand for the defense of democracy? For such defense matters to us because it keeps peace and prevents open season on would-be aggressors and threatens our prosperity. One year later, we know the answer. Yes, we would, and we did. We did. Tonight, we're once again joined by Ukrainian's ambassador to the United States. We're going to stand with you as long as it takes. And but before we start, I want to tell you about the Truth and Democracy Coalition and then tell you about some of our future events. So the Truth and Democracy Coalition was formed to build a pro-democracy movement in America. We educate the public about disinformation, teach people to be critical of the propaganda they consume, and provide critical analysis of current events and social issues. We produce media and educational materials, hold seminars and meetings, work with other organizations, and organize events and activities geared toward building a pro-democracy movement in America. The coalition seeks to build communities of people of different faiths and ideologies to defend and promote democracy locally, nationally, and globally. And we have a monthly meeting every month, and next month we're having Dr. George Simon, who is an internationally recognized expert on manipulators and other problem characters, and the author of three best-selling books. He's going to be speaking about recognizing character disturbance in politicians and leaders so that we don't elect them into office and recognize um, the, this problem of phenomenon of our time is what he calls it, character disturbance. And then, and that is going to be on March 19th at noon. And you can register for that by going to tinyurl.com slash disturbed character. So, and then we have another event coming up in um, April. Yes, and that will be with um, diversity, equity, and inclusion expert and organizer, Sandaya Ja. And we'll be talking there about why America having discussion about why America is not a racist nation. And so that more information to come on that. So I think I'm ready to go ahead and begin. So let me go ahead and share my screen here. All right. So as many of you may know, I believe that liberalism is under attack from both the right and the left. The right, as we know, wants to own the libs and the and the left wants to disown them. For example, political labels like neoliberal are used primarily against democratic candidates for public office and really don't say anything about the racist and fascist agenda of mega extremists. 
Attacks on liberalism often take the form of ideological propaganda, ideas consistent with fascist or socialist ideologies, whatever the case may be, and sometimes both. And the messages inconsistent with liberal ideas are incorporated into political messaging. These anti-liberal ideas then take root in the minds of activists and the public and fuel confusion, division, and dysfunction. In this era of tribalism, where both sides are organizing around issues of class, race, religion, and ideology, recognizing individual rights may be exactly what we need. The individual is the primary organizing unit in liberal government. Individual rights are the basis of human and civil rights. A focus on individual rights protected by the Constitution can bring us together again. We can rebuild the liberal middle and save our democracy. And that's why I'm doing this presentation and leading this discussion. I think it's important that we understand and appreciate our liberal traditions. That way, we can be aware and recognize when the foundations of our liberal form of government are being undermined. And in any case, someone needs to stand up and defend liberalism. So here we go. Any attack on the foundations of our liberal form of government is an attack on our democracy. That doesn't matter whether it comes from a source we like or from one we despise. In fact, it's more dangerous when it comes from someone we respect and admire. People can be on our side and still be wrong. It's also important to recognize that socialism isn't liberalism. It's a radical ideology that is different from liberalism. It focuses on class and class consciousness, conscience. It also believes in revolution rather than incremental change. Attacks on liberalism on the left are often ideological. Propagandists use race, religion, and ideology, among other things, to divide us. Some of these propagandists don't have our best interests at heart. The truth is we really don't know our leaders. We are presented with an image of them, but we don't know who they really are. They might be good people seeking to change the world, but even they have conflicts and multiple motives and agendas. The care with which one composes their propaganda tells us something about the person and group disseminating it. Whether it's intentional disinformation or simply misinformation. The ideas we are exposed to by the propaganda we consume can be misleading, divisive, and even destructive. In other words, don't believe everything you hear and read, even if it comes from someone you admire and respect. By the way, I define propaganda as any persuasive materials disseminated to the public. Hence, advertising, much of the news media, Political messaging and fundraising campaigns are all forms of propaganda. We must be critical of the propaganda we consume. Our rights as individuals actually make us powerful. It is as individuals that we participate in the common good. It is as individuals that we reserve the right to dissent. We participate in social movements and self-governance as individuals. Socialists are currently working to develop a race-class consciousness. Yet, 
The very foundation of our liberal democracy rests on individual rights. You may say, well, we can have a race class consciousness and respect individual rights. But the question remains here, why liberalism? There are so many more important things to condemn. There's fascism, racism, conspiracy theories, and all sorts of falsehood. But individual rights is the basis of human and civil rights and the basis of our freedoms and our liberal form of government. The fact that we are individuals does not divide us, but makes us stronger. Individualism is not an insidious threat to our unity. We have the right to be individuals with our own conscience and opinions and the equal right to participate. There are things that separate us. Being individuals is not one of them. So this is the letter I draft. It says, on December 18th of last year, you disseminated a fundraising appeal in which Angela Davis, in enlarged and bold text, described individualism as insidious. Of all the threats to mankind, from corruption to bigotry to war, individualism poses no real threat. Instead, the individual and individual rights are the foundation of liberal democracy. The individual is the basic social role in democracy. Democracy is based on the principle of one person, one vote. Individual conscience and the right to dissent is not insidious. It is instead the basis of our freedoms. Individual rights are the basis of human and civil rights. Our very freedoms and liberty are founded upon our rights as individuals to be treated equally under the law. The individual is fundamental to our liberal form of government. Of the many things that divide us from race to religion and now ideology, the fact that we are individuals with rights and freedoms is not what separates and keeps us powerless, it is what empowers and unifies us as a nation an association of individuals. The fact that we have rights and the freedom to act and think for ourselves empowers us. What keeps us separate is the tribalism and bigotry propagandists used to divide us. Our freedom of speech and the right to dissent as individuals is a threat to no one except the fascist and authoritarian leaders who wish to impose their ideology on the rest of us. Ms. Davis's attack on individualism is an attack on liberalism, is an assault on our democracy, which is based on the right of every citizen to participate in the governance of their community. Ms. Davis's attack on individualism is ideological anti-liberal propaganda. It undermines our democracy because democracy is based on individual conscience and the individual's ability to act as a moral decision maker. While individualism taken to the extreme may lead the individual away from civic participation and the concerns of the community, the fact that we are separate and unique individuals does not separate or divide us. It makes us powerful and unified as an association of individuals with rights and responsibilities in our community. Foreign and domestic propagandists are disseminating anti-liberal message into both, to both the right and the left. Liberal democracy is under attack in America and around the world. We are working to defend democracy and voting rights so that no individual citizen can be denied their basic right to vote. We are fighting to keep our democracy and democracies around the world from backsliding. Ms. Davis's anti-liberal message undermines our efforts. For all the above reasons, we demand that you cease and desist from disseminating 
anti-liberal propaganda. So while people are taking that or writing their own letter and the email address is, yeah, director at jvp.org. Now, and I, at this time, I'd also like to open it up to discussion. You know, I've just said a lot. So if somebody wants to comment or has anything to say, um, just put your hand up here. All right, David, or Ralph, Ralph Westfall. I'm sorry. I'm used to calling him, him David. Go ahead and unmute, David. Hey, David, how are you doing? Hello, I'm Dave Schrader. Hey. And I wanted to make a comment. Uh, so my comment was, I noticed that you put up about five principles of uh, liberal democracy and uh, mentioned the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights as being uh, examples of liberal democratic documents. Now, I think this is all fine on a rhetorical level, but we're not connecting with history. Because if we connect it with history, we notice that the United States was founded on the legitimation of slavery, excluded American Indians, and excluded women. And you mentioned this individualism applies to everybody, but yet American liberal democracy, as founded and as perpetuated for maybe 100 years after founding, excluded at least 75% of the population. My comment. I'll put it this way. It's, liberal democracy is more aspirational than reality. Well, what I would say is, even though I've, I went through all this history and see how it started in fits and starts, and we also still have authoritarian governments out here. And in many ways, we're still in this struggle between the rights of individual consciousness and self-government versus authoritarian forms of government. We're still in that conflict. We haven't and, and even though it may seem like all these ideas came out very early, they still didn't take root in, every, in, in governments. We still had authoritarian governments. We still have these problems. And even when we have started to found a democracy, we still carried with us the same inequalities and prejudices and bigotries that we had. And it's still, it's a process, incremental change. It's a process of trying to become better and better over time, trying to become recognize our failings and our flaws. It's not a condemnation of liberalism or an idea that democracy doesn't exist in reality. It does, but it's not perfect and it's got a lot of flaws and there is progress that we had to go through. And we did make change. One of the things we recognize is we did. We did this 1964 Civil Voting Rights Act. We did affirmative action. We did a lot of things to try to address those problems. We gave, we eventually gave women the right to vote. It's not that we were flawed from the get-go, although we were flawed and we've been flawed and we're still flawed. And we still have room for growth and still have room for improvement. And we're still fighting this battle between authoritarianism and liberal democracy. So I, I think while we, we, I think you're right, David, that we've um, that we've missed the mark in many ways, um, but that doesn't mean that we're on the wrong track. Thank you. I think uh, uh, your amplification was rightly clarifying. And my name is Bill. This is Dave. Oh yes, I know. I I know Dave. Thank you, Bill. All right, you Jeffrey, chat? you wanted to say something. Richard, can you see the chat? I. Can't see the chat. Well, I, I can go look at the chat. Are yeah, there questions in the chat? Yeah, there's questions in the chat. 
I had no, I had no idea it all started like that. For one, that second, that second, that, and secondly, so so all this is just so all this start, so basically in the beginning we had no 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 rights, only the hierarchy had rights, and and that and as time went on we progressed and gained rights. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, and we're still in that process of of recognizing and gaining rights and we're still in the struggle against authoritarian regimes and fascism and authoritarianism we're still engaged in that struggle like it like israel and palestine for example we did yes. not we did not free free the free the jewish people just for them to turn into fascists themselves that's right that's right so let me go ahead and look at it uh, oh, yeah richard somebody's asking if you're against jewish voice for peace as a whole no, I'm not against Jewish Voice for Peace. I what I'm for is it stopping the anti-liberal propaganda that's being disseminated by and and maybe unconsciously or not really aware or the ideological nature of the the propaganda that's being consumed. That statement had no place in that email and it wasn't explained in any way, it just sort of came out of the blue. So that's the problem. It's the dissemination of propaganda. And sometimes it's through sources that are on our side, sources that we like, sources that are even doing something good, sources that are fighting for justice because of such ideological as, differences. Such as the Jewish Voice for Peace is doing a great job in a lot of ways, right? Yes, yes. And I'm not, I, what I'm asking them to do is not to disseminate, to counter their efforts to work against themselves by disseminating anti-liberal propaganda. Because we need, because liberalism is, yeah, I've explained that. So that's the only goal here. It's not against Jewish voice for peace or against, I think it's very important that we confront this counter, this propaganda, because it's being disseminated to us. So I, I mean, I don't really listen, unfortunately, maybe I should, but I don't listen to or watch any of the right-wing media. But I'm absorbed in the left-wing media. When I see this, I'm like, you know, this is part of the attack. Because what happens is, is that they end up allied with the fascists. In other words, they end up on the same position as the fascist has, you know, that anti-democratic. And we can look at what's coming out about the war in Ukraine. Putin apologist coming forward. And this is all consistent with Putin's propaganda. You know, Putin's propaganda is anti-American, anti-liberal, anti-Western world. And so if we allow that type of propaganda to seek in, it creates an attitude, because propaganda is about attitude. It's not about facts. The facts may be true. It's the attitude that it creates. And if we become anti-American in our attitude, anti-democracy, anti-liberal, that's going to affect our ability both to unify, it's going to push us to the extremes. And my goal is to rebuild the liberal middle so that we can regain our democracy and not be pushed because right now the extremes are trying to control us ideologically, trying to control our minds in a way. Tell us, you know, that the fact that we're individuals is, is insidious. It's not. It's not insidious. And we need to be aware when that happens and try to put a stop to it. You know? in defense of our liberal democracy and our liberal um, form of government and our way of life. Go ahead, Mom, what's another Martha question? Ward, oh, we got... uh, Martha Go Ward Hendren says, can't we be individuals with separate minds 
yet still look out for the whole community. Yes. I think that's important. And I think that's sort of the balance between individual. It's not individualism is insidious, but we have to do focus on the rights of, the, of, of community. That's what our role is as individuals with moral consciousness to participate in the um, governance of our communities. And so, yes, it's very important. It's very much a part of it. So we've got Stephanie who wants to speak, I think. Go ahead, Stephanie, unmute yourself if you want to ask a question. Hi, I'm so sorry. I hope you can still take my Yes, my yes, please, please. <laughs> Apologies. I'm like on my phone and I'm walking the dogs and um, I was listening as I'm doing this. So forgive me if there's a little bit of noise. Um, I thank you so much for the time and uh, that you put into this and the explanation. I've, I've, it's been really enlightening and fascinating. Um, thank you. And I was thinking... Um, as far as uh, your concern with what Angela Davis had said, um, you know, I was, I think that because I, I um, you know, I agree that individual rights are the basis of our, you know, of our liberal democracy, but I do understand from being an activist and trying to uh, get more people involved um that um so often we run up against the uh struggle against um people saying well you know we've got rights you know i'm you know i'm concerned about i think what she's trying to do is get past people's concern for the immediate vicinity of their own personhood and so what happens is when that when that happens we often dilute our power too and some of the biggest um you know, gains have been made in civil rights by uh, people realizing that as a whole or part for, for their community, um, you know, that they needed to focus um, on the gains as a whole of, of whether it be women or whether it be, you know, um, African-Americans or it be Latinos. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know what, hey, look beyond yourself look at this for you know our your brothers and sisters and when we get to a point when we can extend the concept of our brother and sisters to everybody across um you know race and creed and religion then i think we truly will be at that point where we can talk about you know individual rights are just individual rights and the complete basis of you know our liberal democracy but um, sometimes in the meantime to, you know, we, to get the, you know, people, their energies harnessed. I mean, you know, we have to make it clear to people it's, you know, we have to look beyond just ourselves don't we have, you know, at one point I remember I was working on, um, I was at school and I had a guy who told me, you know, why are women like, um, you know, I don't know what you guys are so worried about, you know, you guys got the right to vote, you have your rights. No, there's a lot that we see attacks right now, you know, on, you know, our, our autonomy. So just because you have a right, you know, that is technically recognized by law doesn't mean that there aren't people who are looking to take it away from you, which, you know, we've seen very recently and the, the attacks keep coming. But there are people who say, well, you know, you have the right to vote, you know, you, 
you have the right now to, you know, make your own decisions, but not, not completely. So I, I want to just to that point, um, just point that out. And again, I, I, you've given me a lot to think about. Maybe it's a matter of finding a middle ground in the way of expressing these, these things and these concerns. And, um, you know, maybe there's more explanation needed. And so I, I do appreciate you creating this forum for discussing it. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for your comments. I really appreciate them. Um, one of the things that when I saw what she wrote and it's we're separate and powerless, which is different from what you said. What you said was that we still have um, being focused on one's personal lives too much and our personal self-interest. That's something that Sidentop mentioned as the, a, a problem with individualism. But it's not what she said. You know, she said something fundamentally different, which is more fundamental to the individual rights that we are somehow separate and thereby made powerless. Um, sometimes we give our people we like the benefit of the doubt a lot of times, whereas if somebody on the right had said that, we would be, that's a fascist. You know, that might, we might say, that's a fascist who wants um, authoritarian control. But when it's said by somebody we respect, we, we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. The only concern I have is it's not what she said. You know, if she had said something like, you know, we need to focus on the community, I would have said, yeah, that makes sense. But separate and powerless just because we're individuals. And I, and I think also because this ideologic, this type of ideology can be insidious. You know, it sinks in. It gets into our heads and we don't understand. But this I, is a process of enlightenment in the sense of letting people know what the foundations and origins of our liberal democracy are and the rights of, and the importance of the rights of the individual so that we don't get confused. You know, it's not that we're separate and powerless because we're individuals. It's because people sometimes are so focused on their own personal lives and don't really care about other people. And obviously, there are still strides we need to make, both internationally and in our nation, with making sure that people are not being beat by police and so forth. You know. So thank you, Stephanie, very much. I appreciate your comments. Is that you, Jeffrey? Yeah, like in Cop City. Cop City. That's what they call. That's the thing we're calling it. Oh, Cop City. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Jeffrey. So, yeah, yeah. but the, you know, there's there there's abuse of authority. I think we're 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 under recognizing the end of human nature and the tendency of human beings to abuse their authority and abuse their power. And human nature. And so we we are constantly in the process of looking for someone to blame for our problems. And it may be that our problems are just a lot of times people are selfish and so forth. Newly disclosed messages and testimony from some of the biggest stars and most senior executives at Fox News revealed that they privately expressed disbelief of President Donald J. Trump's false claims that the 2020 election was stolen from him. 
even though the network continued to promote many of those lies on the air. They rigged the election in front of all of us, and nobody did anything about it. The assistance of Smartmatic software, a backdoor is capable of flipping votes. Fraudulent software could be used to seriously alter elections. The machine ran an algorithm that shaved votes from Trump and awarded them to Biden. Tucker Carlson pointing out Sidney Powell is lying, mm -hmm. by the way. I caught her. It's insane. Laura Ingram says Sidney is a complete nut. No one will work with her. Ditto with Rudy. Uh, Carlson actually says it's unbelievably offensive to me. Our viewers are good people and they believe it. They know behind the scenes that the election was not rigged, that it was not stolen, and yet, in search of profits, in search of power, they go on air and feed the audience this nonsense. In case you haven't noticed, it's hard to trust anything you hear right now. We've heard you. We're grateful that you trust us, and we will try to be worthy of your trust.